Like a deer in the headlights or gum in your hair, what got you here will not get you there. Join us as business owners get unstuck in real time on the business building struggles we all share. Welcome to the Business Breakthrough Podcast. And here's your host, Esty Rand. Welcome to episode 72 of the Business Breakthrough Podcast. My guest today is such a party. He and I have had so much fun. I'm excited to let you in on it. Tom Poland, welcome to my show. Hey, Esty. Good to be here. I'm so excited. We, we're Guys, you are in for a real treat today. So Tom is the best-selling author of the Leadsology series, and he has started and sold numerous businesses with multi-million dollar revenues. And he tells me that he is voluntarily married to a pretty German Frau who he affectionately refers to as his little Bavarian bulldozer. And he lived quietly and happily on the sand next to the waves in a little castaway beach in Queensland, Australia, which explains the awesome accent that you're in for a treat with. Tom, I love that. I think it's just such a great introduction to you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, it describes uh, uh, the three big parts of my life, which is my, my work, Leadsology, my wife, uh, and um, our little, little place here next to, the, next to the waves at Castaways Beach. I love that. So yeah, Leadsology, I love that you made your own word, because um, I also like to make up words a lot, as you already know. What is Leadsology? Like, I want to hear the story. I want to hear a whole lot of stuff from you. But first, what what do you okay. make up the word for? What is it? Well, I made, I made it up because having cracked the lead generation code, inbound marketing, I figured there was actually more of a science than anything else. And of course, we have you know, psychology, the, the scientific study of the mind. We have biology, the, the study of living species. And so I, I wanted to send a signal that this thing actually was a bit of a science. It, it, as a science, it could be tested, it could be trialed, it could be measured, and it could be taught. So... So first of all, it's Leedsology because it is a bit of a science. Uh, what it does is it creates a flow every week of inbound new client inquiries. I think that sounds good. Guys, you're listening. Yeah, you're nodding your heads. You're like, I want some of that. So before mm -hmm. we even go deeper, can you like sneak peek us right here? What is it? Like give us a breakdown, you know, all the stuff that people pay you for, like give it to us for free. What's the system? <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, well, if, well, if you, you know, the, the, the toughest nut to crack with any business is getting consistent flow of new clients coming in, you know, high quality new clients, eager, eager to pay you money for, for your services, products, et cetera. So, and the, and, I mean, people say that, that nothing happens in a business until something is sold. I, I think that's quite true. But when you think about it, you don't get to sell anything until someone makes an inquiry, until a lead is generated. So to me, lead gen is the pointiest of the pointiest end of the whole business. It doesn't matter how well you've got your ducks in the row in terms of customer service or product integrity or, or financial management. If you don't have a consistent flow of new leads coming in, then you've got a lot of insecurity around, around your, the financial security and prosperity more to, to a point uh, of your business and therefore of your life, especially if you're the, the primary breadwinner in your family. Going a little further, um, I've probably already alluded to this, but Leadsology is about inbound marketing as, a, as distinct from either outbound marketing or selling. So selling is what you have to do when your marketing sucks. Um, if, you, <laughs> if you're doing your marketing well and you're putting the right offer and articulating in the right way in front of the right person, inquiries come in. So well, I, call, I call that, yeah, that to me is marketing, but that is what it is. Yeah, exactly. It's well to me. It's about inbound leads. Uh, it's not about interrupting people. It's about intersecting people with the right offer. Um, and the the analogy I use for that is: if you imagine a forest full of uh, bears, we've got a hundred sleeping bears in that forest, and the bears are a metaphor for your ideal clients, and you want them to eat your honey, which is a metaphor for your product or service. You've got a couple of options. You can go running through that forest with a big, sharp, pointy stick and jab each bear in the bum as you find it and wake them up, and then. <laughs> Or like wave your honey pot in front of their nose. And if they're one of the three hungry bears, then they'll eat your honey instead of you. But if they're not, they're just going to get really at you and have a swipe at you. And that's not a bad metaphor for cold calling and for selling as such, where we're disturbing a bunch of people without knowing in advance whether they have, if they're hungry for our product or not. And what marketing does, by contrast, is it just puts the honey pot quietly outside the forest. And the hundred sleeping bears of the hundred, the three that are actually hungry will wake up and smell the honey because they smell the honey and they'll come out of the forest. And that's, that's not a bad metaphor for, for inbound new client inquiries. That's okay. at a strategic big picture level. That's what it looks like. 
That's cool. I like that. I like that a lot. All right. I'm excited to get deeper into the technicalities. So how did you come to this? What is your background? Where have you, how long have you been doing this for? Uh, yeah, great question. Thick end of 40 years now. So, so the Oxford Legology started. Been here. Okay. Yeah, that's a long time. <laughs> yeah, this is a long time. <laughs> Were you born then? Um, uh, no, so... I was. I am not forty yet. I was not born then. <laughs> I mean, I'm so. sure it looks very different now than it did then well, as well. There's no question the landscape's changed, and uh, you know because we've got this little thing called the internet that you might have noticed. Um, yeah. But the, the principles haven't changed, and you know, the principles of marketing is that you intersect someone who would make an ideal client. And an ideal client has, is aware of the need for your service. It may not be aware of your brand or you personally, but they're aware of the need for your service. In my case, it's, it's, it's lead gen. Lead gen. Uh, the timing is perfect and they've got the money to pay you. So that's an ideal client, as we call them ideal. They don't get excited about what you've got and then say, well, call me back next, next, next spring because I'm not quite ready. They're, right, they're, they're ready to start and they've got the money and they are looking for a solution. That's the ideal client. So we intersect that person with the right offer and, and they make the inquiry and they buy so when I was, you know, thinking to 40 years ago, uh, when I was in my early 20s, I started my first business and it didn't take me long to figure out that with all the overhead going out every week, if we had holes in our, our new client appointment calendar or our, our client delivery calendar, we were losing money real quick. So I set on a, a mission to figure this thing called marketing out. And I sat at the feet of many masters and bought many books and went to many workshops and I want I think more I'm details. Really good... What was the company? What did it do? What masters? What books? Uh, we were we were in financial services. I had my own brokerage, okay. and you know we had an office with receptionists and desks and people running around and salespeople and so on. So, so it was it was it was a real business. It wasn't global, of course, because in those days we didn't have the internet. And so, but, um, there's a stock trading type, like what? Um, yes, shares, financial planning. Okay. Well, before we knew what financial planning, before we called it financial planning, um, Got it. life insurance, a full, full range of all that stuff, uh, trust, buy, sell agreements. There was some illegal division and so on. <laughs> so, so we, we call these things different names now and they've diversified, but essentially it was finding people who had money who wanted to protect it or grow it. Got it. Yeah. That breaks it down better. Understood. Okay. And so okay, we got a fancy uh, office, we have receptionist. So did you go to school for finance? Did you go to school for business? Like no, did, I didn't. I wanna know how this happened. Like, did you just wake up one day and you were like, Hey, I could use some money, don't want to work in McDonald's. I know, let me open a financial services brokerage. Like that doesn't usually happen. Well, actually a friend of mine had started a, a brokerage a year before and had done really well. And uh I was inspired by him. So I thought, well, I figured if he was, I mean, you know, young and, young and naive, I had no idea what was involved. I mean, I was, I think I was 23, maybe at the time, maybe 24, uh, you know, gung ho. Uh, yeah, I can do this. Roll your sleeves up, get stuck in. If, if I'd known all the pitfalls, I probably never would have started. But sometimes that's an advantage. Sometimes ignorance, you know, can, can be an advantage. I, I had two things going in my favor. I think one, I was ignorant and second, I was broke. So um, I didn't. I didn't have any presumptions around having been to some sort of, you know, financial they services. Didn't have a lot to lose. Th those places literally works. didn't exist. You know, they just didn't exist. You know, universities didn't have those sort of courses back then. Totally. So being being ignorant, I I made no assumptions about what would work and what wouldn't work. So I I sat at the feet of a lot of people and tried to figure it out. And being broke, I was hellish motivated. I mean, I literally had three mortgages and I just started a family. Oh wow! Um, but why do you have three mortgages? Well, in, the, in those days, that's what you did. You got a first mortgage from one bank, a second mortgage from a second bank, and a third mortgage from a lawyer. Oh, my gosh. And they were charging, get this, 24% on that third <sighs> mortgage. Um, so we'd gone from two-income family, no kids, and no mortgage, uh, to buying a house. I mean, literally within 90 days, we'd had a kid, bought a house, got three mortgages, uh, and I'd started this, this new freaking business, which was going to be this, this gold mine. And of oh course, gosh. it wasn't to start with. And I can tell you horror stories. I mean, I ended up starting a second business to get cash and to fund the, the first, first business. It <laughs> was a security business. And so I'd have, I'd go out to an amusement park from like 10 p.m. through 6 a.m. and do the security patrols. I, I would hire people to do this after a little while, but I would, I, and, and the, <laughs> I don't know how far you want to go down this particular rabbit I like, hole. I, I like this rabbit hole. The, I'm having the long and short of it was I ended up working 16 to 20 hours a day. 
to get through, to dig myself out of this massive hole that I've got in. Um, the second business, the security business, is a whole story in itself. And eventually I sold that and moved back full-time into the financial services business. But I, I guess I guess the point, you know, we started talking about where did Leadsology come from. We it, did, it because this is the story behind the story. This first business. Yeah. And, and I sat at the feet of the masters and bought the books and went to the seminars and did all the workshops and came you back. You didn't and tell me which masters. You didn't tell me which books and which workshops. The Mark, marketing strategies. The oh, people, people are long since dead. People like Bob, Bob Stone. Okay. Uh, who was one of the original direct, direct mail. I mean, direct mail was very big in those days because you didn't have faxes. You didn't have mobile phones. You didn't have the internet. Right. Um, advertising was expensive. Um, you know, there were like three radio, three TV stations in the whole country. Um, you know, things have changed just a tad since then. So direct marketing, direct, sending out 10,000 direct letters every week was, was a cornerstone of our marketing at that point. Wow. Um, so I, I, you know, I did all that stuff. And what I found is that I struggled just to even break even on our marketing costs. So marketers haven't changed. You know, Seth, Seth Godin wrote that great little book called All Marketers Are Liars. And the longer I've been in this game, the more I appreciate the, the truth behind that title. Um, so if you, if you buy a course from a marketer, it's a pretty good chance it's been overhyped or it's been hyped full stop, exaggerated, in other words, the benefits. So I mean, the easiest person to, to sell in the world is a salesperson, right? So, you know, I'd buy all these courses and do these workshops and get all enthusiastic about the next course and the next, and this was the one, this next one, that was the one, <laughs> for whatever reason. That, that explains so much back. to me, actually, because people come into my course and they're so shocked that it's valuable. I'm like, what, did you think I was lying? And they're <laughs> yes. like, yeah, and they're really surprised. And I guess that, I never thought about it like that, but I guess people do assume if a marketer sells you a marketing course, they must be over-exaggerating, but... I hear that, but why is a salesperson easy to sell? Uh, I find I, that I'm, I'm the hardest person to sell because I'm a marketer. So I, I, I think salespeople, are, the good salespeople are by, by very nature optimistic. I hear. And they're very yeah. thick skinned and they just like, oh yeah, this looks good. Okay. Yeah. We'll try that. Yeah. Yeah. And they don't, okay. That makes sense. The, they're, not, they're typically not long-term planners. You know, I, I call right. them, you know, we've had this conversation about cats and dogs before. Yes. I call you know, the entrepreneur, the business owner, the salesperson, they're all dogs. In my, in my world, the dogs are, the dog is a metaphor. The reason I use dogs and cats, just for the folk who haven't heard that before, is that dogs like to bark, cats like to meow. We've got to match the marketing method and we've got to match our occupation with our natural personal personality, our style. Yeah. Uh, so if dogs are big picture thinkers, they like working with people, even though they might be introverts outside of work. They like working with people, they have ideas, they make products, they make service, they got to get up and go. Cats, on the other hand, love five-year cash flow spreadsheets, and they want the detail. They want, they want the, you know, they're, they're happy to be persistent with the same thing. They can't stand it until a thing is finished. A dog, on the other hand, starts seven things at once and struggles to finish two of them. So we're, we're and, optimistic. And he never does. Never finishes anyone. Never, no, we have to get other, you, have, you have to hire a cat to exactly. do the meowing and finish the darn thing off. Yes. Um, and you'll find this in, in couples. A lot of one of them be a dog, optimistic, and the other is sort of like. I love the negative person. You know, well, that's just what cats do. Cats meow. You shouldn't expect them to do anything else. So, so I think that's why salespeople and marketing people buy stuff very quickly and easily is because we're more spontaneous and we're positive and we have hope. But this experience that I had, I thought I, I was, maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just me who's buying all these marketing and sales courses and implementing and not getting much of a result. I mean, I, you know, there was one, maybe or two that that deliver results and don't ask me what they were because it's 40 years ago Esty. fair enough i'll stop i'll uh, stop because he I'm, called I'm me sure a dog cat and i still use that so you get my dog and you get my cat my cat is the one that wants all those details yeah yeah so if you do a web page you want to have the dog stuff from the top of the fold real quick dirty summary executive summary and the cats want to read on for another 12 pages put that under the fold but my point is that this experience i had of buying marketing and sales courses and implementing and not getting much of a result turns out that's ubiquitous it's everywhere it's universal and it just didn't happen start in 2019 it's been going on for decades if not centuries with people selling snake oil and you know hoping it's a cure-all for everything uh, so and that's how leadsology started leadsology started because i finally quit going to the conferences workshops and seminars and buying everyone else's books and implementing and saying i gotta figure this freaking thing out myself and and Bear in mind that almost all people who are offering marketing programs and courses were saying, well, look, if you've got a business, I'll show you how to get leads. So it didn't matter if that business was chiropractory, selling cars, selling real estate, a consultancy, 
um, these days software development or software it doesn't matter. Yeah, I'll show you how to get leads. And the truth is that if you're selling a physical product, it's a completely different marketing method to selling something that's a service or something that's invisible. And it's the difference between selling a washing machine and proposing marriage. And so okay. that's, that's also the genesis of leadsology. It's a recognition that if we are selling what is effectively an ongoing relationship because we're delivering a service or we're developing software or we have ideas to implement, we've got to have some dates with this person before we propose marriage. Yes. So I know you talk about dating your clients. Um, so tell, tell us a little more about that, this, this whole marriage proposal system oh, okay. for getting leads. Well, let me, let me start up with a, with a short true story. I was having coffee in the kitchen with my wife. We're, we're dinkies, you know, dual income, no kids. So it was just the two of us. We talk, uh, which is nice. <laughs> Some couples don't. I see my husband occasionally, you know. I, I, I had this brain sneeze, you know, this, this thing you, you say and it comes out of your mouth and you think, God, that's ugly. But anyway, it did. And I said to him, oh, hey, tell you what, this is an interesting question. Who would you say is the world's most irresistible man? This is me asking I feel my like wife. everyone, yeah, this is like not the kind of thing you want to so ask. This is so stupid, right? I feel like this is and, like, a, guys, don't try this at home. <laughs> anyway, she, she looks back at me. She flatters her eyelids. You know, she's holding a cup of coffee. And she goes, well, of course you are, Tom. Aww. Right. 63 years old, bald, wrinkled, pop belly. Who couldn't go for that, right? I said, no, 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 come on, tell me, come on. Come, you can tell me. You can trust me. We love each other and blah, 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 blah. She, she said, anyway, in the end, she came up with Hugh Jackman. Right? Yes, the I guy mean, the from, guys, um, what's the... There was something recent. No, I don't even know what that is. Um, well, the Greatest yeah. Showman. Yes, and uh, and also Les Miserables. But I don't know all the other stuff. And uh, you know, in Australia, and lots of movies, and the guy, the guy's got a body Adonis would die for. He's he's got these chiselled facial features. He's he's got hair, so that's a big advantage over me for a start, bastard. And he makes like a million bucks a week and he's a philanthropist and he's community-minded, he's not environmentalist. This is the complete human being, right? Gotcha. And so I go, yeah, I get that. He would be pretty irresistible. So then second brain, brain sneeze. Not, I said, what if there was like a knock at the front door right now and you put your coffee down and you went over to that front door and you have swung it open there with Hugh Jackman standing before you. He drops to one knee, he holds up a small red velvet box, he flips the top open, there in the sun sparkling is a $10 million diamond ring. And he says to you, look, you don't know me, but my name's Hugh Jackman. Would you make me the happiest man on earth? Would you run away with me now and marry me and live with me for the rest of my life? I said to my wife, what would you say to Hugh Jackman? She goes, well, Tom, you know, I love you, right? <laughs> this is the first clue that the answer was not going to be what I was hoping for. She said, I'm sorry. She's like, she burst out. She said, I'm sorry, but I'd marry him. It's Hugh freaking Jackman. I think that's very awkward. Even that, like, I, I don't know that I would. That would creep me out. That would be very well, weird. Well, I can confirm my wife would, and she's a very honest and very direct person. Fair enough. So I guess to each their own. I'd be a little creeped out, but, but I hear that not everyone would. Yes. Anywho, so I said to her, wiping a tear out of my eye, of course, I said to her, you know, I'm thinking about this, and I, I think if I'd answered the front door and Hugh Jackman had proposed to me, I think I would have gone as well, and I'm not even gay. <laughs> he's that good so moral of the story behind that is that we are not the commercial equivalent of Hugh Jackman we can't just go to a business networking meeting and thrust our business card on the hands of a perfect stranger and hope or even suggest that they should talk to us about becoming a client because that is Hugh Jackman marketing billboards Hugh Jackman marketing call this number to get a free coaching or whatever um, you know direct mail 10,000 call this number if you want XYZ SEO optimization it's all Hugh Jackman marketing and it doesn't work. We've got to create this opportunity for people to, as you put it, date us if you like. And I, I believe there's four levels of what I call like psychological allure. We've got to establish before we propose this person talks to us about becoming a client, before we even make them an offer, we've got to establish rapport, which is a click, click, click thing. We've got to establish respect for our professional ability. It, more specifically, our ability to deliver on the promise that we, we're making to the marketplace. So we have rapport, respect, relatability. They have to feel like we understand their situation, their needs, and where they want to get to. And finally, reciprocity. And reciprocity is, I believe, the most least spoken about and yet the most powerful marketing force on the planet where people want to keep the giving score even. We do something cool for someone, give them some great value, 
turn some light bulbs on for them, help them, they will want to buy from you rather than anyone else because of reciprocity. Okay. So explain how you build that. Well, it's, that is a great question. The, the way we do it, and I know you like specifics because you want to give value to your audience. The way we do it is we get them onto an online meeting. And people might refer to these as webinars, but they're not, they're not always necessarily a webinar as such. But it's an online meeting, and we, ask, we invite them to spend an hour with us so that we can establish the respect, the rapport, the relatability, and the reciprocity. And then we lead them through what I call a persuasion sequence. And it's a persuasion sequence for those people in the audience who are looking for what we've got. Um, there's eight objectives we achieve during that one hour. Uh, this is in my last book, Marketing the Invisible. We lay it out in more, more in, in, in finer detail than we'd have time for today. But we want a demonstration. Well, let, let's, let, me, let me speak as if I'm talking to one of our listeners, okay? We want you to be able, in that hour, to have a demonstration of your ability to deliver on the value which you've got in the title. The title should be benefit-rich. With, with mine, it's a, it's a demonstration of how... How, how my clients in 27 cities and 15 different time zones around the world are enjoying a weekly flow of high quality inbound new client inquiries. So that's the title. Very benefit rich. Very benefit rich and very targeted at a specific kind of audience. The use of the word clients, the fact that you show all the different time zones. So it's very clear that it doesn't matter where you are, all of those details. Um, the fact yeah. that you're talking about new leads. So it's, it's, targeting a very specific stage in business um, where they need that, all of that. It's, it's a filter. I love it. Yeah. The riches are in the niches, right? Um, yes. So, so, the, so the benefit rich title and, and that that's the value proposition, but then we, but then we need to have a demonstration, which is objective number one, a demonstration of your ability to be able to deliver on the promise that was embedded in that title. So that's the, the number one, objective of any online presentation, assuming it's a marketing style presentation, not a training which is a presentation, which is a very different beast. The number one objective is the demonstration of your ability to deliver on the prompts and the title. It doesn't matter what sort of fancy pants bonuses or scarcity stuff you do. Um, if you fail to demonstrate clearly and unequivocally that you have the ability to deliver on the prompts and the title, you have failed in your entire presentation. Bonuses, uh, scarcity, uh, is a compensation for a poor value proposition. So I'll say that okay, again. But doesn't to... it layer on top of a rich value proposition? Yes, it's like cream on the cake. Right. Yes. So, no, so it's definitely the icing on a cake because you could have all the scarcity and all the all the icing you want, but if it's on a cardboard box, it ain't gonna sell. Yeah. So we've it's 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 normally bonuses and scarcity is normally a compensation for a value proposition that has not been well thought out and has not been tested. If you get the title right and you put it in front of people, this is like the honeypot outside the forest, then they will come and they will come regardless of whether you offer them a bonus for attending. And frankly, if anyone is oh, attending, that's what you're talking about bonuses and scarcity. I thought you were talking about bonuses and scarcity when you're selling. You're saying people will get bonuses just for attending. Yeah, you know, a lot of people offer bonuses as an attendance bonus. When you when you turn up to our webinar, we'll show you how to get X Y Z checklist down. You know, whatever. Ah, uh, see, I do that, but I only tell people about it when they're there already. Oh, okay. I don't tell them in advance. When they're You're there, right. I tell them in the first few minutes. By the way, if you stick with me for the whole thing, because I want you to get the total picture, I'll give mm. you this download that helps yeah. you sum up the total yeah. picture. It's 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 called a stick, a yes. stick strategy. So we want them to stick to the end. When you think about that one. And I'm not saying I'm not saying don't do it. I'm just saying make sure that it is genuinely cream on the cake and not compensating for a lack of quality. Oh, for cake. sure. I so, but if you if you think about the stick bonus, what's the, what's the objective of that? To have them hang around to the end, right? Where we make our offer. Okay. So, if the content is engaging and it's valuable and it's interesting and maybe it's even humorous, they will stick around, regardless. If, uh, again, cream on the cake, you know, Correct. it's not a compensation for a poor quality cake. No, none if, of it will if, be. Yeah, if our presentation is boring and lacks value, then they're not going to stick around regardless of the bonus. Because they don't not. want your bonus because your bonus is going to feel like garbage too. So it yeah. won't help. And this yeah. is exactly where I find people fail so much with the tactics because they see a bunch of tactics and then yeah. they go and try. And that's what we talk about the iceberg and the light switch and all, all those funny and fire bell, all these examples. It's the same thing. Exactly what you're saying. You can give every bonus, every deal, every sale, every everything. But if you're selling garbage, 
no one's buying it anyways. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So yeah, by all means, lie out, lie out, you know, offer these things. Um, they will help a little bit. But if we look at 80-20, you know, the 80-20 principle, 20% of what we do in that presentation is going to give us the 80% of the result. So let's get that 20% right. And we're going to add on the balance of the stuff, which is a lot more work and gives us a very small marginal increase in results later on. But let's get the guts of the thing right. Okay. So the guts start with the demonstration. Yeah, demonstration. So, so right up front, what we want to do, we've got the title. So we've got the value proposition, you know, right there up front of the title slide. They know what the benefit of attending is. Um, and then we go into our presentations. So with our clients, we give them a template. And there's 53 slides. There's not 52 and there's not 54. And every single slide has a purpose and has a reason and has a format. And, 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 and so, and so it's, what I'm saying is it's highly prescriptive. So we start with the title. Uh, we move straight into the agenda. So, and we, then we go, item one of the agenda is who this is for. We want people to know that they're in the right place. And that's where we start with relatability. Um, this is for independent professionals who are wanting a weekly file of high quality inbound leads. This is not for, and then we list a few people. So, so people know whether they're in the right place or not. It's also an opportunity for us to repeat the value proposition that was in the title. And then we go into why listen to me. And this is where we start to build uh, the, the, the respect uh, that, you know, I, this is my, not my first Rodeo. So why listen to me is a very, very short bio, like the one you read out at the start of this interview. Yeah. Um, and then it goes into anything that might be relevant to support the idea that you know what you're talking about. But it's, it's literally two or three sentences. It's not where you graduated from and what your alumni was and, um, you know, the fact that you, you wrote a book 20 years ago that had nothing to do with this presentation. It's none of that stuff. So it's very short. And then it's followed by two client case studies or testimonials. Again, just two or three sentences each very quickly. We, we, we're not wanting to convince people that you know what you're talking about. We're just wanting for them to confirm that you know what you're talking about. So this, this whole why listen to me shouldn't take more than two minutes. That's it. People, when they attend a presentation, they want to get to the heart and soul of the value. They don't want you to be spending 40 minutes just warming them up and then five minutes of value and then 10 minutes of pitch. So it's, you know, we've got the title, we've got, you know, the agenda and the agenda starts with, you know, who this is for. And then it goes into why listen to me. And then it goes into the promise and the promise with the promise, well, the promise slide, I'm giving you a lot of specifics here, uh, but hopefully that gives people more value. The promise describes a slice in time and we're using what is effectively a, these days referred to as an NLP technique on the old days, you might've talked about visualization or whatever else, but, we're taking a slice in time. We're picking my slice in time is you wake up Monday morning and you open up your calendar, Google, iCal, Outlook, whatever you use, and you feel a warm smile spread across your face as you see bookings that have come in to your calendar from people who want to know more about working with you. And it gets even better because the bookings that have come in, you haven't had to chase anyone. They already know your fees and they've confirmed that they can afford to work with you. They've also confirmed the timing is great for them to start if you agree it's a good idea. And better than anything else, they're hoping, coming along to the meeting with you, hoping to confirm that you have something for them. So it won't be a sales meeting. It won't be a meeting where you need to convince. So that's the slice in time you paint. So the promise. And the promise, of course, is about the transformation that that audience member will experience if they work with you and if they Im implement what you're going to explain in, in the demo, in, in, this, in this webinar. So we, then well, we go on to, so we, we talked about the person, which is you. We talked about the promise. And now we go on to the proof. <laughs> And the proof, as far as we possibly can, are metrics. These are the numbers that changed. So this is my before, this is my after. And we're, of course, we're looking for, wow, that's amazing. That's what I want. The audience member should be saying, yeah, I want more than one new client inquiry coming in every single week in my calendar without having to go out and chase them. Yeah, I want to do that without cost or complication because that's the other big problem with a lot of marketing is it's either very expensive or very complicated. Like think online funnels, they're complicated and expensive. Um, so we, we, we're validating and actually all this might seem quite rational, logical, but we're actually working on the unconscious of the audience member all this time. So we, what have we got? The person, we've got the promise, we've got the proof, and then we go to the principles. And the principles to give the audience member three light bulb moments, three ah moments. Yes, I can see why that's so important. So my principle one, number one is just for sake of example, is you're not Hugh Jackman. And now you've heard the stories, you know about it, but 
imagine someone attending my, my demonstration, my online meeting, going, what does he mean by that? So then I tell the story and they go, ah, oh, so I can see if you're marketing invisible with services or ideas, we need to give people an opportunity to get to know. That's my mistake I'll be making. Aha, light bulb moment. So I don't say you need to get to allow people to get to know you before you propose. I talk about Hugh Jackman. So the three principles are the foundation elements of why your service works so well. And then having done the person, the promise, the proof and the principles, we go on to the presentation, which is, this is how I work with my clients. Now, remember, this is not a training webinar. We haven't positioned it as a training webinar. It's a demonstration of how you work with your clients. So the value proposition you've proposed is very direct, very honest, and very transparent. We haven't said it's a free training webinar and then ended up with a sales pitch. Because if the first experience of someone's, the first exposure to your brand is bait and switch, oh, it wasn't quite what they told me it was going to be, then they're probably going to think, hmm, is it going to get any better when I should pay them some money? So it's it's a demonstration of how you work with your clients, right? And the, and that's that's when we when we get to that part of the presentation, that's what we're doing. So this is how I work with my clients. This is why it works so well. And when we start that part of the presentation, which is about 35 minutes in, that is the first time we start working with their conscious mind. Everything up until then has been working with your unconscious. And this is the point in time where we want to rationally and logically explain how we work with our clients and how we honor the three principles we've just told them are so important. Cool. I like it. So here's the question. Now, all of this is genius. I love it. People listening, they might be going, some of them are going like, oh my gosh, okay, I get it. I'm going to do this. And I believe that some people listening are going, oh my gosh, it's so manipulative. Hmm. <laughs> That's why I buy stuff and then I regret it later because all these marketers, SD, Tom, all of you, you're all manipulating. Well, yeah, so, what's, so I guess there might be a question behind that is what's the difference between manipulation and influence? Fair enough. And the way I describe it is that to manipulate is not bad. It just means to form. You just better be using your power for the good of humankind. Uh, yeah. And the way I describe it is with manipulation, you end up with something you didn't really want. And with influence, you end up with something you did really want. Fair enough. But if we're and, working, and again, I think that I love the sequence. It's genius. You're getting into people's heads, right? And, and, no. and here, you know, they're listening to us. They're being transparent. And by the way, guys, I'll give you a preview. We're going to do one of these with Tom. We're going to let him teach you all his stuff. And you know what's coming, but you still want to come because you know he's a genius, right? And you have <laughs> learned something that's really valuable just from coming. And, and when people understand this, and we've, we've pulled back the curtain here, why shouldn't they be afraid to come to your class, to really, come to my class, to go to any class really, ever again? Really, 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 really great question. So, and that's the question Doug will be asking is, well, you know, this sounds really good. It sounds like they know what they're talking about, but I have been burnt because I've attended other presentations that sounded really good. And they also had a deep sounding voice and they also made me laugh. And so all of these, gee, this is a similar experiences are going off, firing off in their unconscious, if not the conscious mind. So at the end of the presentation, we, we got to ask them, we got to, we got to tell them, explain to them why this is different. And we've got to do that in terms which are inarguable. It's no good just saying, hey, you can trust me. It's not, I'm not like those other people you couldn't trust. And I agree you couldn't trust. They're not trustworthy. They're bad people, but I'm a good person. No good just saying that. So, so how do we, we've got them to the end of the presentation. We, and, and well, all my clients have said, don't try to sell them anything. Don't try to get them to pull out the credit card. My clients typically are high price. You know, we're talking $1,000, $2,000, $10,000, $25,000 a month price tickets. We don't, we don't want them to pull out the credit card. Just offer the consult. That's the call to action is if you think we have a fit, you know, go, and we can talk about the call to action, how we filter, get the best quality consults happening. So, but at some point we're going to say, this is the next step. And when we say that we need to address the elephant in the room, which is, are you a, a hype merchant like all the other people, Tom, or uh, can I actually trust you? So what, what we do is, 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 you know, I tell a little story about how I invested a lot of money in workshops and books and seminars and, and, you know, think I'm a pretty good implementer, but I didn't really have anything to show for it. And it's like, you know, two months later, all I had to show after each of those experiences of the transaction was an empty bank account balance. Has anyone else had a similar experience? And everyone goes, hell yes. I say, so 
all those times someone has said, trust me, give me your money and I'll show you how to get new clients. It didn't work out so well. No, it didn't. So how many times have you done that? Oh, three times, five times, seven times, nine times, 12 times. Wow. So let's stop doing that, right? So this is me speaking to the audience and they're going, yeah, but how do we stop doing that? And I said, well, you know, you've trusted a lot of people, you've paid the money and it didn't work out. So what I'm going to say is you want to work with me, don't trust me. Pattern interrupt, right? They go, huh? But if we're going to work together, don't I have to trust you? I said, uh, remember, it didn't work so well when you did that in the past. So let's stop doing that. So instead of you trusting me, I'll trust you. Here's how it works. I'll, give, I'll work with you for a month. I'll meet with you personally, albeit small group environment, but I will turn up three times a week to help you implement what we've been talking about. A full month. You'll give you full access to all of the IP, the whole how-to, every single tactic, laid out step-by-step format and proven, proven model. You can access that from day one. Don't pay me a cent. For God's sakes, don't pay me any money because that'll be doing what you did before and it didn't work out so well. And, and as I said, I'll turn up, I'll give you my mobile phone number in case you get stuck, you won't need it, but in case you get stuck, you'll have it, good peace of mind. And after 30 days, if you think it's the real deal, and if nothing else has happened, like you, know, you ran over your cat and got busy trying to keep it alive or something, then yeah, I'd like to be paid. That would be nice. You can start paying me, but you don't pay me any money up front. I'll give you everything. I'll help you implement, I'll turn up. And that, that's the sort of value proposition or offer that helps people to have confidence in moving forward. I'm going to wear the risk. They don't have to wear the risk. So that's really interesting. I have, I have two questions on that because mm-hmm. I have heard stuff like this before. And the concerns that always come up are twofold. One, if they're getting free access to it, a lot of times people don't value it. They don't use it the same way. Um, so again, and yep. this isn't one-on-one. So you're not giving up your individual time. You're anyways showing up for those hours. This is a group program. You're not creating new material for them. They're accessing um, preset material. So this only works for people who've already created a program and a plan like this. This true, is the kind true, of program true. plan they can create. Um, not but- true. They can create it from the day that they start doing it. No, 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 no. I, your point about part, part of what you said is is accurate. In my case, part of it's not. So, the two the parts that are accurate is that I have a program and I do meet with groups, but I also critique work one on one. So I, I am putting I'm putting genuine skin in the game. Okay, but then you're really leaning on reciprocity because once someone's asking you for help and they're in your program and they're doing it you can really guarantee them results and the chances of them not paying you afterwards are basically zero. Um, no, we'd, we'd have about one in 10 that don't proceed beyond the 30 day point because they got busy or because you but know, they guy... genuinely helped that they've sent you work to critique that they've been invested, that they've been involved and they never pay you. No, 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 no. G- generally. So there's about one in 30 that rip us off that as far as I can tell have ripped us off. They've gone that was in, my next question, but, which is the cheater. Yeah. Yeah, they've downloaded everything. Um, they've canceled the credit card after they've downloaded everything. And yeah, we, we get stung for that. But what does it cost me? Uh, some, some jerk somewhere has got a bunch of digital files that they'll probably never look at again. Yeah, I, I, there's, there's no great skin, skin off my nose for that. But what, what I'm saying is that, you know, put, putting those people aside, most people are actually honest and most people will honor their commitment. There is a smaller portion of people who, will tell themselves stories to justify not paying. Um, some of those stories are valid, some of them aren't. But for example, I had an email from a guy, his elderly father, very sick, very suddenly has to fly across the other side of the country, needs every cent, can he put his payments on hold? Sure, let's do that, let's be a human being. So you're gonna have some breakage with that offer. The, 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 the core thing I think in response to your, your, your concerns or, or the, the issues you've raised, I should say, is that both parties need to have skin in the game. If we give this person something for free, A, they'll probably never use it. And therefore, B, they'll never get any value. And so C, they're probably not going to want to pay anything. So right. This- so what did you set up that, that they... What we, what, we, what we set up is their credit card is going to be pinged in 30 days unless they object. Got it. So they well, are committing. So they've pinned themselves. So they have no risk because if they don't like it, They've never been charged and they can totally opt out. Yeah. And, and they can opt out for any reason because, you know, if, 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 even if they make up an excuse, if they don't want to proceed, it's better off that they're not in the system, right? They're better off, you know, not being a client and it's not a judgment of them. It's just, just the reality is they don't want to implement, they don't want to implement. 
Totally. And it's not a match. And I always say that I'd rather not work with someone. Like I always say in my yeah. program, I have a, so yeah. I have a little backwards. I have a 30 day refund guarantee. After 30 days, you have access to everything. You try everything. I coach you. I guide you everything. Yeah. You don't see that this is valuable to you. No problem. Yeah. I, I think that's very powerful. But I think the don't pay anything is even more powerful. And, and the Definitely reason is it's very interesting. Because I've had, I've come across this realization of a conversation with a new client who had joined a mastermind group and paid $70,000. Oh my gosh, that is yeah, so much money. Dollars for the privilege of attending four meetings plus, plus the monthly support calls, you know the deal. Oh, and I said, well, how did it go? And, and she just signed up with a new client as me. And she said, well, to be honest, I didn't really get anything. You know, it was, people seem to be getting some value. And this, by the way, this is a very common story. Paid 12,000, paid 24,000, did the whole oh, year. Oh. And, I feel like the more expensive it is. The yeah, so I said, well, did, the, did the, the leader of the mastermind have a, like a money back guarantee? Oh yeah, yeah. So did you have that conversation where you, where you tried to claim it? No. Why not? Wow, really? Why? Oh, Tom, you know what? She was a really nice person. <laughs> and when I was sick, she sent flowers. Right. So, so uh, the conversation stopped at that point. I said, okay, that's fine. It's your choice. But really, I could have continued with, so $70,000, uh, no no discernible value. Could people don't like asking for the money back? That's what I'm saying. Seventeen thousand dollar flowers. Yeah, I think I would have had the conversation. That's, that's the title uh, of my video that I'm going to go use to talk about this. Not <laughs> <laughs> a bunch of flowers. Um, true story. And and so so people look at the money back guarantee. Some people at least, and some of them will be very comforted by it and will proceed because of the money back guarantee. But there will be a few that look at it and go, mm, yeah, I've done that before, and I really felt bad about asking for the guarantee. So guarantee is fine if the product's rubbish and the person is honorable and refunds. But there's no guarantee that the guarantee will be guaranteed. Whereas if there's no money paid, I don't have to ask for it back. I just send an email and, and we get an email, we cancel, bang, like that. The subscription is canceled. We do not ask any questions. They always tell, give us a reason. No one just says, I'm going to cancel full stop. They go, my dad's sick. I'd have got to fly to the other side of the country or whatever. Everyone always business. feels like they have to excuse it. You know, yeah, I stubbed my toe the other day and I just realized it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, and that's fine. So there is breakage with that offer. That's what I'm saying. But we get far more clients moving ahead. I mean, the net effect is far more positive for us. By I find that fascinating. Meet, you know, we're like prepared this. to meet the client halfway at least. We'll put some skin in the game. They do have some skin in the game because there is a credit card here and the clock is ticking. Um, so I, I totally, I and, then, and it's, it. it's in a very incredible filter system. So I'm, I'm fascinated because this exact model I never heard anywhere before, like this specific system. And I, I ran this with one-on-one -on -one coaching too, by the way, before I had a program. So I, I don't want folk to discount this as an option if they're doing, say, one-on-one -on -one coaching or consulting services. Trust people. Right. That's what I'm saying. The, the vast majority of people are trustworthy. Yeah, and again, like we said in the beginning, if you've got rubbish to sell you won't make any money yes. and it doesn't matter, right? So if you're so nervous because your cake really is cardboard and it's just a bunch of fancy cream on top, and if right. you say, well, no problem, pay me later, you know they won't pay you later, so you gotta sell in advance. But when you're really selling something of value, <laughs> like I totally think I could do this. I could totally do this. I wouldn't be yep. worried. And I would yep. almost be happy for the one in 10 that drops out because I'd rather have inside my network only the people that really feel they're benefiting. Yep. I, I, I like this. The flip side of this coin is that after the 30 days, I tend to be a hard ass about it. Meaning what? Meaning, meaning that if someone says, oh, can I put this on hold because I'm busy for the next couple of months? I say, yep, you can put your program attendance on hold, but not your payments. And I we mean, make it. We gave you every opportunity to yeah. see if this was for you or not. And yeah. then are they committing to a certain time frame after those 30 yeah, days? Yeah, good question. That fills in the missing piece of the information. So it's a 12 month yeah. subscription. Ah, okay. there you go. Now we're getting into the Thank, thank you. So I should have introduced yeah. that earlier. Yeah. yeah. So okay. <laughs> typically they're going to be typically they're going to be paying, depending on the program, four ninety five a month, seven ninety five a month, fifteen hundred dollars a month over a twelve month period, or they can pay that upfront after the first thirty day trial period, if you like. Um, and then a they lot get of people discount if they pay the whole year at once. That's correct. Yeah, but the, and the by the way, there are just different anything. levels of access. It, how often they have access to you? I'm guessing that's it's not thing. even the access to material, but just how often they and what level yeah. of access they yeah. have. That, that's that sort of thing. But by the way, we do have a program they come into, whether they cash flow over 12 months, six months, or upfront. They don't pay anything for the first 30 days. 
once the 30 very days cool. have elapsed, um, we're very explicit when they sign up. There's, there's several very short paragraphs that explain the terms and conditions. Yes, you can put your participation on hold, but not your payments. And here's why. And your options, if you decide not to continue after the 30 days, uh, transfer of membership, resale of membership to another approved uh, prospect, et cetera, et cetera. And they get a copy of that. They digitally sign it. They get a copy. We get a copy. It's very clear. It's very short. It's very precise. And that's the deal. So after the 30 days, nope, I want your money. You've had access. You've had access to the whole system. That was the deal. Of course, there's extenuating circumstances. We had a client got life-threatening cancer. What are you going to do, right? Um, so, so there are totally. You know, I had someone in my program who said, "You know what? Um, I got sick in the middle. Like, what could I do? Could I do private coaching with you instead?" I'm like, "No, can I do private coaching instead?" I said, "You know, we're going to run another program. I'll let you become part of that one." Right. right? I understand right. you missed this one. This is obviously something you wanted to do. I can't swap it for that, but I'll I'll give it to you again. Yeah. Yeah. Fair enough. Yeah. So, so that, that's understandable, but this is very, it's a cool system. Now I, I like this. It's very interesting. And is, but this isn't what you teach them to do. This is what you do in order to teach them something else, or this is what you teach them to do that you do to teach them to do. And it's that like nice little loop. Yeah, it's pretty, I, I, I am teaching the latter. It's I'm teaching them exactly what I do. Gotcha. I, I, and, and then so, they go and do it and it works for them too. And they go and do, and they correct. make their offer of their annual program and they give them three free 30 days. And once yeah. you're done, it's a year that you're well, locked into. Well, just to be clear, the value delivery, some of, some of my clients have their own programs, but some of them are working as independent consultants or financial planners or business coaches. So they don't all have a program, but in terms of the marketing and the terms and conditions of payments, they will pretty much mirror what I'm doing, how they deliver the value, whether it's a program or a course or one-on-one, well, we, we can talk about that during the program, but, but they may not match that stride for stride. That I understand. Mm. Very, very cool. Very cool. Guys, I hope you realize, like, he just pulled back the curtain on everything and gave you everything for free. Yep. <laughs> yeah, but we've got more. We're, we're going we're gonna to do a little event. We'll keep you all updated, um, and you can and find out about more about that. And we'll talk about that at the end. So, okay, Tom, my mind is blown. I like this a lot, and I've never heard anything quite like it. Very, very cool. So, so I need you to tell me, right? Because you're obviously at an advanced age in business. You've been doing this for longer than I've been alive, literally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> What's the current business struggle when you've got everything so smoothly running? Well, our, our biggest business struggle is actually behind the scenes. It's the, it's the project management stuff. Um, dogs like doing new things all the time. You know, we get bored very easily. Um, so what we I have uh, 15 remote contractors or remote employees, if you like, um, scattered from the USA across the Philippines, Bangladesh, India. Um, and so we, so, so the biggest challenge for us is for me personally is a letting go and stop being so directive and start empowering team members to have their own ideas, not just follow my orders. Um, B to be able to, identify on every single project because we're always exploring new lead generation ideas and systems. So to, to be able to identify what's involved in a project before we start it and then to manage it and efficient because every project we have, uh, this has probably never happened to anyone else in the world before, but it's only of me takes, takes longer than we thought it was going to take. And, and so I would love to be able to master the art of, uh, clearly defining what's involved with the project at the, at the outset and then managing that through some form of agile process. I don't know if you've, you know, agile is a managed project management process. Um, that's our biggest challenge at the moment. We, we have lots of exciting things and when something is exciting and it's challenging, I find I love it and it's easy. Like we're developing an algorithm at the moment, which tells us before we approach a JV partner, what sort of results we're going to get for them before we've even spoken with them. And so that's very exciting for me. So that's like an easy challenge that I love. Uh, I have a data scientist working on that because I'm like terrible at maths. Um, but so those things are exciting. But the logistical things of project identification management, that's just stuff that does my head in. So that's the most challenging thing I've got at the moment. I have a full-time ops manager whose job is to sort all that out. And uh, I got to learn to, and we've been working together now for I think seven years. So I, and I'm still going, let go, Tom, let go. She knows what she's talking about a lot better than you. Stop interfering. And okay, then I sit there and go, and it's come on, hurry up, hurry up. Faster, faster, <laughs> come on. But if she does know and it's working, then, then where is it getting stuck? I Meaning either it's working or it's not working. 
Well, it, it, it gets, transparency is a big thing for me. So we, we, we use the SANA to project, to identify and project manage. So I, I can now, we've just got a SANA up and running earlier this year. So now I can go and have a look at any project and see who's doing what and what's advanced and what hasn't advanced. Before it was like I was flying in a, you know, a, a Boeing 747 at night and there was no cockpit. The cockpit dashboard was blank. <laughs> like, where are we? How far have we come? Is there a mountain ahead? I don't know. Right. Don't know where we're going. And I totally hear that. Actually working with one of my clients now, he also, the fully remote team, I'm remote contractor as well, and everyone's working in different time zones, different stuff, but he's a visual learner. So Asana's not working for him at all. So I'm ah. on Monday. Monday is right. set up much more visual. Interesting. Uh, so Asana... And again, guys, these are just some details of project management programs, um, called PMSs, project management systems, and they just allow you. So I'll tell you what I, my view of Asana is. It's great for managing tasks and for you to see who's doing what. It does not give you a snapshot at all. There is no like single screen where you click everything that's going on and see where everything is in 3.2 um, seconds. Have you used portfolio, the portfolio feature, which is part of the upgrade? Because that's pretty cool. No. That might be why, but have I a look at the portfolio. Asana have a lot of Asana is an extraordinary platform. Actually, it's um, I, personally I love it. You can use it in a Kanban board style. You can use it in a list style. You get portfolios, uh, timelines. There's lots of different options in how you have a look at it. It's it's way beyond something like um, a Hello or Trello or one of those other oh, ones. Oh, for it's, sure that. For sure yeah. that. Yeah, no. So Trello is just a bunch of Kanbans. Uh, Monday has a Kanban view also. So I think. The key is finding the program that you can use, but I always mm. say like systems need humans to run them, right? You can have the best system in the world. I'm going to defer to you on this because you're a cat dog and I'm just a dog. <laughs> I, I, am a, I am a cat dog. And I, I, since you told me that um, months ago, I've been telling everybody, guys, I'm a dog cat. Tom told me I'm a dog cat. And everyone's like, Esty, what's wrong with you? Very true. It's very true. Very true. There are not um, too many people like Esty. Thank you. You're a freak. In the nicest possible way. In the way. nicest possible way. Yes, I appreciate that. So, so here's the fun thing. Once you've done a project once, you have the map. But here's the other thing. Once you've done a few projects, you have a map for how you do projects. And everyone does do things different. And there are frameworks, right? There's always like the pre and then the during and then the post. There's always the concept and then the framework and then the asset creation and then the details and then all the fitting in and then the deployment. So like going through having a map of the frameworks, making sure that you tick all those boxes. And, and I guess that's my advantage of being a, a dog cat, if you will, like <clears throat> seeing the yeah. entire framework and then building out all the boxes you have to tick inside and just making sure you have someone like that on your team or bringing in an external consultant if you don't at the beginning of a project to create that entire map then you can sit at the top of the pole woofing down on everybody and all the cats can meow inside yeah. arranging it um but you might need to either build your own frame and it could be just once you have to build it right and it could be you can do it internally between you and the team could be you'll bring in someone to guide you on it get the framework and if you do something so radically different the next time, and you, know, you look at that framework, you're like, this framework doesn't really fit for this, do another one. But that's like a one-time deal. And then everyone, right, all the cats can run around and, you know, look themselves and clean it up and make it work. Yeah. Um, but, but have also that overview. So again, could be a sauna at the higher levels does it. I didn't see it in there. I, what, something that I just built for myself internally as we do more and more implementation projects for wow. clients. Oh, sorry. Did, did I say something significant and not even realize? Yeah, you built something for yourself. That's pretty significant. Ah, uh, I do that like every day. I build, I build all my own systems. We have a white labeled software that we use, but we've um, tailored it. But I was a CIO for years, right? So I, I do information systems. Ah, uh, right, right. So I was just getting uh -huh. annoyed. That, thank you. Yes. Um, I, could not, I could not figure out where we were at in all these different projects, right? We're building right. In our strategy. We're doing all the logos and the websites and the location. And we've got like seven projects running different designers, yeah. different writers, different, I'm like, where are we at in this one? Where are we in this one? I could not, and I am visual. I'm also auditory, but I am visual. I needed a, a single screen where I could see at any given time dynamically, where are we on every element of every project? I built it. So in 3.2 seconds, yeah. I can tell you where we're at on any given project of 15 implementation projects that all have about 35 mm -hmm. movies. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Love to so see make that. something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Show me, tell me, 
I'll show you. you. I built screen, it I'd love to see a screenshot just to see what it visually looks like. Because that's very. I'll show you a screenshot. All, all, all of you listeners, uh, you're going to have to email me. <laughs> yeah, listen, listen to the screenshot, everyone. Listen to the screenshot. Um, but it is, it is really cool. It is really exciting. You know what? While you're listening, I'm going to show Tom a screenshot so he sees what this thing can do. And I'm going to make everyone convert it to Monday, even though I don't even have an affiliate membership with them. I really should because I, I do think they're fantastic. Here, I'm showing Tom my screenshot right now, guys. This is my screenshot. These are a bunch of projects. This is all the different elements. And within each element, I can see exactly where it's up to by tags. Plus I have the opportunity to put notes on anything, but I have a snapshot. Where are we stuck? Where are we holding? What's waiting for us? What's waiting for the client? What's been done and where anything is if it's in process. See that? Yeah. Can you, you're comfortable if I take a screenshot of that? Yeah, go for it. Actually, okay. wait, no, don't go for it. Okay. I'll, I'll right. block part of it and then you can. Yeah, well, that <laughs> might be some confidential stuff in there. Okay, so you have projects along the bottom. So it's kind of like a Kanban board, right? It's not. So here's the thing about Monday. And I, I love it that we're like explaining something visual to everyone who's just listening. So here's the thing. And I want to make this valuable for all our listeners. Um, not just me and you who always have fun when we get together. Um, so right. you've got to find the system that works for you. That, yep. That's really the key element. What I found right. in Monday, I'm a, I teach Excel at a master level. I love it. Monday is Excel on steroids. They have been targeting me I've got, for probably over a year. On like a weekly basis, I'm getting either a pop-up ad, a pre-roll YouTube ad, yeah. a Facebook ad. Like they have pinned me for a long time. And I'm just like, eh, I don't need this. 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 And then one day I was like, you know, I wonder if Monday could do the thing I need. <laughs> that just shows you the value of, of repetitive um, omnipresence getting in people's faces. And I go in and I'm like, oh my gosh, this thing's Excel on stairs. It does exactly what I need. Now I could have made that an Excel spreadsheet and I still could, but it would take mm. me longer to build and it's not as agile. Um, but you right. can build the same thing in Excel and it's a matter, again, you do need someone who can dissect data. You need to get someone yeah. who works like that. Mine happens too. And you can get someone on your team who does, or you could bring in someone one time that does. And you are creating that cross-section, the X and the Y. You, the, the time and energy that goes into these things is that initial thought. It took me yeah. an hour to figure out how to lay it out. And now an I know hour? That it would take me a month. <laughs> an hour is a long time for me for something like this. But because it was so complicated, <laughs> how am I going to break down? What's the left side? What's the top? And what are all the elements in the middle? And how? You, but once you figure it out once, this is what I love about systems. System saves you stress, time, energy, and money. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's figured it's, out. It's there, and then you just have to fill in the gaps. But then you must have an upkeep plan, right? And so, same thing right? with an upkeep plan, right? Their humans yeah. have to interface with this thing. How often? That's and this is what right. we do with our clients when we do our systems and processes projects, right? So, like, who is checking this? How often and when? Who's making sure that that person checks it? How often and when? All of the checks and balances, all the moving parts, and. Because so many people get a system and no one knows how to use it. And no one hmm. it. Like I one of my clients, she had paid for this thing and we looked at it and I said, this is really not what you need. She's like, but I already paid for it. I said, but it's not what you need. She's like, but I paid for it. I'm like, but it doesn't work. So I don't care if you paid for it. I've heard, I've heard that as well. Yeah, that's a classic Help. of trying to, you know, so the, the strategy is not right, but I'm going to continue with this tactic because I've paid for it, even oh. though it's not going to work. Makes me crazy. Yeah, yeah. One of, one of my clients is a web developer and he is had a conversation with one of his clients. So it was a nightmare because we wanted a brand new website that's going to work incredibly well and achieve certain objectives, but he kept trying to plug into it all of these app sumo things that he'd bought. <laughs> it doesn't fit the strategy, you know? Yes, but I paid for it. But I paid for it. I think that's like one of the famous last lines, but I paid for it. You know, Esty, I think if, you, if you're going to make any form, anything that represents rapid progress, there's going to be breakage. There's going to be stuff we pay for and we buy that, was not exactly the right thing, but that's, I think that's sometimes the price of accelerating progress. Totally. And you know, if you're the kind of person that goes to a restaurant and you ordered something, you really don't like it and you eat it anyways. So like, I really feel bad for you. Yeah. <laughs> but that to me, this is the equivalent. Like, and, but, but like, not like you don't love it. Like it's not your taste, but like it really tastes like poo. Okay. Like it's just so awful, but you're like, but I'm paid for it. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Don't eat poo. I'm sorry. <laughs> Just don't do it. Oh my gosh. Okay. We could talk for hours. We could talk About for hours. Food. And there's yes. another important piece in there, but maybe I'll tell you, I'll tell you after we turn off the recording, we have to let everyone get on with their day. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> sorry guys, you'll have, to, you'll have to tune in next time to hear the other stuff I'm going to tell Tom uh, once you get to go. 
so where can people find you? Where can they find out more about you? Where can they find out about this webinar we're going to be doing for them where you get into their head and give them the thing that they really want? Well, I think we're going to email them a special link for that because we've got to set up the, the registration page and so on. Um, Fair enough. So you know what I'll do? Because not all of our listeners are on my email list. Guys, if you go to sdran.com slash 72, which is this episode, I'll make sure that link is up there so that you can get signed up for that because we don't have it set up yet. So sdran.com slash 72, and you will be able to get signed up where Tom pulls back the curtain even more and walks you through the details of how this whole thing works. Is there something else that people, if they don't want to wait, you know, if they, if they just want to get started on something to help them is fivehourchallenge.com. Ooh. Oh, okay. that's a nice domain name. Yeah. Well, um, it's mine, baby. Um, like fivehourchallenge.com, all, all lead gen, everything we're talking about starts with a marketing message, right? Because if you, if you can articulate what the value proposition, what the transformation is, in a short, uh, easy, and, and gets cut through, and it motivates people. That's the foundation of all marketing. So fivehourchallenge.com walks people through, and it's called five hours because you need five hours over five days, one hour a day. There's a 10 minute video each day over five days. And I show you how to craft that marketing message and how to use it to generate at least five new client inquiries. Very cool. Guys, I would grab that. That sounds awesome. I We'll put five hourchallenge.com, but they can also just Google Leadsology and they'll they'll find us there. Yeah, but I, I, I like that don't I need one like that. That's a very cool domain name. All right, guys. So check Tom out there. Go grab that five hour challenge. That sounds awesome. Um, so Tom, you might not know this, but I like to surprise my guests at the end and ask them for a quote. Because I love quotes. I'm a quote addict. A quote. Um yeah. So it doesn't have to be your favorite one of all time, but it can be just something that you like, something on your mind, but sure. a okay. little tie-in to send everyone on their way today. The, the, here's, here's my quote. The, the enemy of great strategy is the good idea. Mm, explain that. So, so very often we, we figure out what the strategy is. For example, we figure out, well, gee, I really need to set up this lead gen system. I need to get that sorted. And then you know, they decide that, that online meetings are the way to do it and the fresh audience every week using our other people's network system. And so they go, yeah, that's a good idea. And they go, oh, there's an ad for Facebook funnels. That sounds like a good idea. <laughs> and off they go and chase that shiny thing. And if you're not careful, not just weeks go by, months go by, years go by, even decades can go by just chasing good ideas. When that original great strategy was still going to deliver in spades what you really wanted to achieve if you just stuck to the freaking thing. So the enemy of great strategy is the good idea. Like good strategy after a while for us dogs becomes boring and we hit obstacles and we just want to go and chase another ball. I call you know? it EBS. It's, it's a what, syndrome. EBS, Entre entrepreneurial boredom syndrome. Okay, yes, yeah, it's a real thing. Yeah, and, and many entrepreneurs suffer from this because they love yeah. the idea and they uh. love the beginning, they love the thing. And it's, it's a real ailment. A lot of my clients, can, and, and then they get concerned. Like, I don't know, I think I'm sick. I don't know why I'm bored. Like things are going well and it's starting to work and you know things are coming into place and I, I want to do something else now. <laughs> yeah, is that, that's that old saying. You know, that, that thing I did, it works so well, I stopped doing it. Exactly. Because they suffer from EBS. So you just you guys gotta get it running well, build that well-oiled machine, and then you can move on. That's that's what that's my advice. That's, that's what we do. But yep. uh, oh, that was great. So oh my gosh, we could really keep going forever. Guys, check Tom out. Go to sdran.com slash 72, grab the links, go to fivehourchallenge.com and share this. You definitely, I'm sure you got benefit from this, aside for the enjoyment factor of Tom telling me that I'm super weird. What did you call me a freak? Yeah, and all the other fun stuff, meowing. Nice, and nice possible. Fun things that we just did today. Um, but this stuff is insanely valuable. You know a service provider somewhere who needs this information, who needs to understand this, and who might just need a good laugh. So share the link with them. Go. Text them, send them a link, send them a WhatsApp, tell them to go to estrian.com slash 72 or just to check the episode out on iTunes. There are share links on everything. Become that person who everyone's like, oh my gosh, yeah, she's so nice because she always sends me valuable stuff. Send this to the person who needs it today. And we will catch you next week. Tom, thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Esty. I think it might be time for you to go home. I can see a cleaner working in the background and everyone else is gone except for you. <laughs> <laughs>
You've been listening to the Business Breakthrough Podcast with SD Rand. If you're looking for a breakthrough in your business, reach out at sdrand.com slash breakthrough to be a guest on the show. Everyone's got a business struggle. What's yours?